All right, Ecclesiastes, last chapter. How many times have you heard a message out of Ecclesiastes chapter 12? Quite a few. Quite a few. I have. The whole chapter is important. We're not going to preach on the whole chapter, but I'm going to preach on the first verse, which is one of these verses that we quote often, but we don't look very deep into, I don't think. And we don't really focus on what the meaning and the saying of the verse is. Remember now, thy Creator, in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Goes on and on, but the main important part of this verse, the sense of it is that you should remember your Creator while you're young, yes. before those evil days. That evil day draws nigh. The evil days draw nigh. You know, if you're here tonight and you're young, and most of you are, you know, you, you know, y'all are young. Y'all are young. Yes, sir. Y'all are still pretty young. Nick and Anna are young. You know, White, Maddie, you're young. You ought to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's different stages in life. You know, there's where these girls are. There's another stage below them. We're fixing to see some more of, Lord willing. A couple of babies on the way. There's when you're an infant. That's a different stage of life. That just lasts a little while. You come out of that, you're a child. Then you're a youth. You're a youth for quite a while. Amen. It's not not till you're 18. No. <laughs> Youth lasts a lot longer than yes, that. <laughs> you see, if you define it by the what the Bible teaches us, it's not the same as what the world teaches us. They say 18, you're an adult. 21, used to be 21, you're an adult. Now they've lowered it to 18. Now on different things, they want to lower it even farther than that. And then on other certain things, they want to raise it back up there. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't really have any guidelines. When you erase all the boundaries that God set and try to set them all yourself, nobody can agree on them and you got chaos. That's true. And it's every man for himself. There's infancy when you're hope, helpless and depend on others for absolutely everything. Your food, everything. When you're an infinite, infant, you can't walk. You can't get up. For a little bit, you can't even turn over by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're in pretty bad shape. Somebody's <laughs> got to help you. <laughs> you really are. Then there's childhood when you still depend upon others for your provision and protection and guidance. There's a period of time when there's innocence, real innocence. Just don't know. You don't know anything. These little children don't know anything yet about uh, black and white or smart and dumb or, you know, they don't classify people in anything. 
Everybody's the same to them. They don't know anything about all this, you know, how we divide everybody up and put them in folders and set them on shelves, some on higher shelves, some on lower shelves. They don't know about that. That's a very happy time of life. Carefree. You don't have to worry about anything. Mama fixes your food for you. Somebody does. Somebody takes care of you. Somebody washes your clothes, makes sure you got clothes. When you're this, when you're Livy's age, you don't have to go shoe shopping or clothes shopping or food shopping. No, do you? It's pretty nice, but it don't last very long. Sure, it don't last very long. It's a time of life when everything's fun and pleasure and imagination. Yes, it is. You know what they want to do all the time? Play games. Everything is a new adventure. Everything's new. The whole world is before them. And everything's new. And exciting. And fun. Except naps. You know, they don't want to take naps. And other things, you know, that distress them. But everything else is good. She's not in here, but Fee don't like church. Y'all need to pray for her. She don't like it. It's not fun. Yes, for sure. Well, I don't suppose it is when you're four years old and you don't know nothing about anything and have no cares about anything and haven't figured out yet that there's problems coming in life. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. You better remember Him when you're young because you're going to need Him when you're old. You're going to need to know about Him when you're old. So you better learn about Him while you're young. But He says, in the days of thy youth, now, children can learn things but about God and the ways of God and all that, and we're to train them, we're to train them up in the way they should go. But it's when you get to that youth part of life is when you really start learning things. It's when your mind gets developed enough to where you can comprehend the things that you need to know in order to know God and have a, you know, be reconciled to God and have a relationship with God. There's youth. Well, it's that part of life that starts when you start out on your own and generally ends about the time when your own children are in the last stages of their childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, told, I told everybody a few years ago that you're not really an adult until your children are almost grown. I believe that's right. You're still in your youth. You're still learning. Boy, listen to the silence. People don't like that. Well, that proves that you're still in your youth. Because when you get out of your youth, you'll start realizing a lot of things that will confirm what I'm saying to you. You just really haven't learned. Uh, You know, everything that a youth needs to learn until your children enter youth. Adulthood starts about the time your children are grown. Amen. That's right. So I don't believe that. I'm a grown up as I'll ever be. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> There's, it's that part of life that starts when you start out on your own. 
You're a child, really, until you do start out on your own. If somebody else is caring for you, footing all the bills for you, if somebody else is providing for you, providing your shelter, your food, everything for you, well, I got a job, and I make my own money. Well, but do you pay for all of your living? Well, you're still, really, in God's economy, you're still a child. Not a small child like one of these, but your youth begins when you enter life in this world on your own. You're young. You think you know it all. And that's the, that's, that's the most dangerous thing that's going to happen to you in life. That's the most dangerous thing about you. Is that you're going to think that you know better than your parents knew. Better than anybody else has ever known. I mean, you're going to conquer the world because you done figured it out. You know how things work, and all and everybody that's older than you looks dumber t- than you to you because you just think they're old fashioned and they got their head in the sand and they just won't get with it. And the world's changing, and they don't understand this and they don't understand that. This is why this is in this book right here. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. When you, start, when you strike out on your own, you better remember God. Because that's when most people turn away from God. Right. Forget God. Because they're so full of themselves. And this is good preaching, but it's just common sense too. And very... Obvious and observable in everyone, Christian or not, in this matter. There's a dull to it when the children are almost grown until we reach those evil days mentioned here in this scripture. That's what I believe. If you don't believe it, it's all right. You got this free country, ain't it? You got a right to believe whatever you want to believe. But I'm telling you this, the way the Bible divides things up, I believe this is right. You're an adult. You've experienced a, a generation of life. You've wa- went from, ba- I watch people. And you know, like, uh, well, even some of our kids, you know, when they have their little babies, it's just, oh, they're just, man, they just, they don't foresee any problems. They love this child. And this child is going to love them. And they do. While they're little children. But then things change. And they don't realize as they're, what they're allowing to enter the minds of these little children. And what they're allowing in themselves in front of these children. They don't understand what seeds are being sown and all of that. In their hearts and minds and emotions. And what's going to happen down the road when the seeds come up. It's distressing when you get old to watch how life happens. And it's just a, it's just a vicious circle. Yeah. The same thing repeated over and over and over. It's so obvious for everyone to see, but yet it just keeps happening over and over and over and over. Youth have a hard time listening. They just... For the most part, they will not listen. Now, when does youth start? Five years old? No. They'll listen to you then. 
They'll listen to you when they're 10 years old. They'll listen to you on even after that for a while, and it depends on how much of the world you allow into your family and home and life and their life. That age drops drastically when you let all that garbage in. But regardless, there's going to come a time when they strike out on their own. When you have children, I've told my kids, you know, you got to realize that when you have children, you're just going to have them for a short time. This is a temporary thing that they live in your home with you. Most of your life, they're not going to live with you because they're going to grow up. Kids grow up. Brother Parker, you sang that song. If you put the right stuff in them, it pretty soon it'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> why does why do people keep falling for the same trick of the devil in this matter? Adulthood doesn't start at eighteen years old because that is still a youth. You say, well, that ain't fair. You can send them off to war, and they can vote, and they can drink, and they can buy a gun. They're an adult. You can call them an adult if you want to, but they're not an adult. And you can look at them and tell. What do you think when you see an 18-year-old boy? What do you think when you look at your wedding pictures when you got married when you was 18, 20 years old? What do you think? Oh. Why did my mom and dad let us do that? What, were you think, what do you think they were going to do about it? You wouldn't listen to nothing. No kind of reason, no kind of love and patience and warning and no kind of suggestions for something better. No. Going to do what we want to do. Who's ever done that that didn't pay a price for it? Yeah. There's a price that goes along with that in all kinds of areas. You know, financial especially. You get married when you're that young and you have no skills and no education. You're you're in trouble trying to make a living. An 18-year-old boy that don't have any skills and no education and no money. Not ready to get married. Mom and dad know that, but you... How many are in, you, in here right now? Now I'm looking at all of you young people. How many of you have faced that already and tried to realize it, you know, and tried to reason with them and tell them and explain to them why you need to, you know, this ain't a good idea right now. You haven't. Most of you haven't. But that's in front of you somewhere down the road. See, you're going to have to deal with that kind of situation. So you ought to be agreeing with me tonight when I read to you out of the Scriptures to the young people here and say, remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Yes, if God was in your mind and in your thoughts, if God meant anything to you, there wouldn't be these kind of problems when it comes to striking out on your own. You'd listen to counsel. If you listen to God, you'd listen to your parents. You'd listen to otherwise counsel. You would seek counsel. You wouldn't just ignore it. Nobody seeks counsel anymore. Nobody asks anybody, including mom and dad or anybody else, before they jump off and make some big decision and do something. 
They don't want anybody's opinion because they know what they want to do and they're going to do it. And nobody else understands why I must do this. There's no, you make up your mind what you want and nothing's going to change it. So you know, that's why you don't ask counsel. If you really cared about your life and about God and about your loved ones, you would seek counsel. Yes, You'd say, it wouldn't be hard for you to go to dad and say, dad, you know, what do you think about this? Or mom? And you wouldn't get mad and all rebellious if they didn't agree with you on what you were doing. Who do you think in this world wants what's best for you more than your parents? You're their life. You have no idea. She's always telling me she loves me. I told her the other day, I said, you're going to have to, you got a lot longer to live before you know what, how much, it, what it feels to I like to love you as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to live a long time before you understand that. Love's a pretty light thing when you're little like that. It's natural. Naturally that way. It's natural affection. But when it comes to your children, it's a different, man, it's a different thing. I've told you so many times. But when I went to her dad and asked her if I could marry her, that's what he asked me. He said, why do you want to marry her? I said, well, because I love her. (laughs) Yeah. Must have sounded like a joke to him. He said, Mike, you don't know what love is until you have your own children. He was right. I didn't think, I didn't, but I didn't know what he's talking about. I didn't know what he's talking about. I just thought, well, you just don't understand me. You don't understand what I feel, what I want. Don't be like that. If if I'd have known God then, like I do now, there wouldn't have been nothing like that. No, no, no. no. There have not been a, a lot of other things either. That's right. Well, old age is that time of life when everything loses its appeal and we cease to find pleasure in the things around us that everybody else seems to live for. I've watched old people through the years and I think, why don't they want to go bowling? Why don't they want to play ball? Why don't they want to go out and eat? Why don't they want to go somewhere, do something? When we were young, we were young. Every day had to be something. Every weekend had to be something. We had to go camping. We had to do something. We can't just sit around and do nothing, man. We got to live. And living was doing stuff. And you know what? Is more, much more appealing to me now. <laughs> Sitting in at home. Peaceful and quiet and resting. I'd much rather be at home and resting and quiet or having these little ones around or some of the kids around or somebody visiting 
going out and eating just does not appeal anymore. Say, well, it does to me. That's because you're young. Mm -hmm. I don't fault you. I don't blame you. You're full of life. And that's the way it happens. But time changes things. And when you get older, it's going to be this way for you too. The things that you've always found pleasure in, just we go to the grocery store and we just go through there and <laughs> ain't nothing appeals to me. I can go through the whole store and go out and not buy a thing. I can go in Walmart and do the same thing. You know, I've bought that before. I've had that before. I've done this before. And I look at it and I say, nah. <laughs> say, boy, life must be miserable when you get old. No, it ain't. No, no it's not. It's you just learn to savor the things that really matter. Instead of the things that don't. Exactly. Yes, sir. So old age, you can tell you're getting old when when the train just goes off and leaves you. Yep. You don't get invited to parties and all these things anymore and I'm I wouldn't go anyway. Trips. Yeah. You know. Long vacations where it's just you know, and the, and the money's just a hemorrhaging out of your wallet all the time, and and everybody's all uptight, and we got to get to the next place, and and you know the hotel's a mess, it's nasty, and blah, you know, just ah. and you spend all this money, and you run out there, and there it is, or here's Disneyland, or wherever you go, I, you would have never, never in my life would you have got me to go to that place. Much less now. But that's what a lot of people seem to find pleasure in. Not when you're old. You don't find pleasure in that. You just don't find any... <laughs> you don't find pleasure in staying up all night. I don't care what it's doing, you know. I remember being in a boat out on that slough down there in the dark. I think about that now. And what in the world were we doing? That's what we were doing. We were fishing. Snake fell out of the tree into the boat. The dog followed us out there and we she's about to drown, so we had to drag her up in the boat. And in the dark, and I've been telling you I can't see in the dark, what was I doing out there in the boat on a slough with snakes and no telling what else out there? Fishing. Having fun. Had to be doing something. 20 years old, can't sit at the house doing nothing. Things change. You'll find out. I'm always telling them, you're up next. You're next in line. When we, while we're living our life in our childhood and youth, we're told to remember our Creator. Teach them to pray. Seth talked about that this morning in Sunday school. Teach them to pray when they're ch children. I mean, to really pray. Don't just teach them to memorize prayers like Catholics. Teach them to pray. You ever talk to the Lord yourself? Children need to learn to pray. Yes, and Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Forbid them not. Teach them to pray. 
Teach them there's a God in heaven that sees them and knows everything. I was taught that as a child, even though we didn't even go to church. They came to public school and taught us that. And taught us songs that I still remember 60 years later. About praying, about how God's seeing everything we do. About being careful, little lips, what you say, and all of that stuff. It's a good thing to teach children that. You know, the generations after they stop that prove the benefit of it. Because it changed everything drastically. Uh, This is a time of life when we're young, children. When we're all about pleasure and fun and adventure. And the world's a wicked place. And that's the main fare that it offers. Pleasure and adventure. So youth is a dangerous time. That's why he says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. You better remember God because you're in the greatest danger. Because of your zest for living and your being so full of life and energy and you just feel so good. And you can just go and go and go. Sleep a couple hours, good to go again. And the world offers you everything to keep you running and keep you busy and keep you having fun and happy. And the world's a wicked place. A few years ago, you know, it was common among independent Baptists that I was associated with to preach against places like Disneyland and Six Flags and all these places where everybody goes and they're half naked and they're drinking and they're cussing and it's the world. Yes, sir. What place does a Christian have in that? Ball games, a slopping beer all over each other. That was a common thing that preachers mentioned, but not anymore. No, not anymore. No, no, no. They're all there too. Yes, sir. Lapping it up with the rest of them. There was a reason for that. It wasn't just a cultish religion that had all these rules and things. There were some people that knew the dangers of this wicked world. And especially to the youth. You know, we don't understand things properly. Most people don't. They think it's just black or white, good or bad, it's right or wrong, you do these things and... And, and you've got to have a list of things to do and not to do. Places to go and places not to go. And that's the way you live your life. No, it's not. The thing is, you know, just like television and, and entertainment from the world. You can, you can let them watch the most innocent things. They don't have no cussing, no nudity. No immorality in it and all of that. And say, well, there's no harm in it. But here's the danger. It creates an appetite in them for more of that. And so you go looking for more. And pretty soon you got to let down a few standards and keep dropping the parameters because there's not enough to satisfy the appetite. Pretty soon you're just, you know, you're bringing in... The rest of it. The cussing, the, the immorality and everything. It's all right, we got vid angel. Cuts it all out. How does that work? I mean, I've never, I don't have any experience at that, but I mean, how do they cut out their lip reading? I mean, do they just, does it just jump from one scene to the next? You know, I mean, do you watch it? And it's, 
doing that all the time? <laughs> Does he cut it off in time so that your mind doesn't automatically say what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Saying, huh? I don't think so. No, you know what they're saying mm-hmm. most of the time. So what good is that? It's a farce. Mm-hmm. It creates an appetite when you're young. You're you're easily enticed and your appetite and your your lusts, your desires and for pleasure and enjoyment of life are strong and easily enticed. What's the only thing that's going to rein you back? Mom and dad? No, they'll just do it for so long. But when you become a youth, really, mom and dad don't have any physical controls on you. A lot of parents, they don't see that coming. They don't see it coming. They live their life and they spank them when they're little and they punish them when they're a little bigger and they withhold things and boy, they think they got... I mean, it's just like driving a car. But they don't realize that the day's coming when you don't have the wheel anymore. And you don't have those controls. And the only thing you've got left is whatever you've got a hold of their heart. Yep. It'll be the main way that hearts and lives will be drawn away from God and righteousness and destroyed. The only thing that's going to control that is God in your life. Youth, I'm talking to you. God in your life. Remember, you remember thy, your Creator now in the days of thy youth. You got to do it. I mean, God will bring, He can, He should have the reins of your life just as He should have the reins of your parents' lives. Yep. The only way you're going to make it is for you to know God and to love God and to serve God, believe God, obey God. It's the only way you're going to make it to old age. Better remember, remember thy creator, the days of your youth. The scripture is plainly declaring that our soul is in special danger when we're young. That, it's that part of our life where we lack experience and we lack wisdom. Very dangerous. You want a youth operating on your heart? Hmm? Well, yeah. I don't like it at all. You know, they got to learn somehow, but they need to watch. They don't need to be put on their own like that guy the other day that I was telling you all about. That ain't no good. When I was young, I liked wisdom and I liked experience. I was big on what I thought I knew and very little on what I really did know. And my mom told me that often. I've told you before. And she was right. But I was a youth, see? A child and a youth that didn't consider God at all. I wasn't reigned by God, ruled by God, reigned over. Nope, nope. Is me. It's that we lack wisdom and understanding because of our lack of experience. You just haven't done things. You know when you start learning to drive, it's a 
Man, that's a terrible experience trying to teach kids how to drive. <laughs> you know what? It, you know why it's such a bad experience? Because they think they can do it. They've just watched you. They know how. To, all you gotta do is get over there behind that wheel and just push the gas pedal, and here we go. Yeah. I think that's all there is to it. And of course, you get beside them and fasten your seatbelt, and they start in, and it's just one bad mistake after another, <laughs> and it's dangerous. I mean, you can kill yourself. You can kill somebody else very easily, yes. and they do not realize that. They don't consider that. 16-year-old learning to drive, he's not thinking about that. All he's thinking about is keeping it between the ditches. And if he can do that, he can drive. And you're telling him, you know, <clears throat> you know, I've been through it. All the kids, they can say whatever they want to. They've Some of them, like y'all, had to teach your kids so you understand now. <coughs> some of the rest of you haven't and you don't understand yet. You'll still say, Dad just hollered at me all the time. I never hollered except when Daniel went off the left side of the road down the ditch. I hollered then. I said, Stop! <laughs> because he didn't listen to me when I was talking in a normal voice. Dad yells at us and he won't. Nope. I tried my best to explain and teach and prepare before we ever got in the car and did my best to teach them. But the problem was they thought they knew how. I mean, I think Seth told you about the little truck and he thought he could drive it. And so one night I said, just go ahead, go ahead, let's drive it. You can get over here and drive. Well, he thought it'd be so easy because it looked so easy when I did it. It was a standard transmission and of course it wasn't so easy. Now, he did learn, but it took some time. And that's the way it is in everything in life. See, that's what I'm talking about here. Youth is that way. <clears throat> you say, but I've got over it. Have you? Have you? Have you? You really don't know how much farther it is to go before you've really gotten over that. To where you'll listen. To where you desire people to tell you instead of having to suffer and learn it the hard way. We like wisdom and understanding because we like experience, and therefore we're very easily deceived and misled. We're also we're admonished also to recognize this fact and remember God and look to Him for guidance and walk in His statutes and commandments. Until the evil days come, we don't, we, I mean, we do find pleasure in the things of the world around us. We do. Most of you haven't got there yet to the day that he's talking about. Because you still find pleasure in that. You know. I have to be very careful because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or bring them out in front of everybody and all of that. But y'all do things that I just won't do anymore. It's just too much, you know. <clears throat> We've got to where we don't go to pop or blub once every two or three weeks. I mean, it just ain't worth it. We can go to Piedmont. Let it cost more. Does it really? 
I mean, I've found that it's costing us a whole lot less. How about that? I don't have to go down there and fight the crowds and carry my gun and look around and wonder when the shooting's going to start. That's where y'all live in. Don't bother you, does it? Don't bother lots of people. Why do I want to go over there like to the mall where y'all have had that kind of experience over there? I mean, why? Why would I want to go over there? I don't want to get shot and I don't want to have to shoot somebody. Or get beat up or robbed or worse. It ain't worth it to me. Nothing, the stuff ain't that important to me. They ain't got nothing I want that bad. <laughs> Nobody does. Walmart, the mall, Harbor Freight. Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby never had anything <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> it's nothing but a junkyard in that store. That's what it looks like. You agree with me, Mike? See there? It's in the name, Mike. Yeah. It's a Walmart girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim. I can just, you know, I remember my grandma and grandpa. I can just see them going in that store and looking around and just shaking their heads. Are you kidding me? What in the world's the matter with everybody? This is the stuff they got out of the dump. And they just cleaned it up and hanged around and say, 50% off. Everything's always 50% off. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dumb thing. People just buy it, and if it says fifty percent off, they walk out thinking they really got a bargain. <sighs> well, that's youth, for the most part. It's how you are when you're young. When you get older, you kind of get a little wise to their games, and you just shake your head at it and say, "Nope." Her dad would not buy anything that he could. Get by without. That was the the gauge of everything. He had an old saw. Someone had a six. What's the not a seven and a quarter blade? The six. What's the? Is it get a six inch blade or six and a quarter? Six and a half? Whatever it is. Had a lot smaller blade on it. The guard wouldn't would hang all the time. He liked to cut his finger plumb off with it one time. <laughs> he could have bought him a, a saw. No, I mean, no problem. I mean, it wasn't because he didn't have the money to buy a saw. He just wasn't going to waste money on a saw. He had a saw. It wasn't a DeWalt. It wasn't a Milwaukee. It's green. I don't know what it was. <laughs> no telling. He made a lot of the tools he used. I've got stuff I find every day. Then he just made it out of a bolt or a wrench or a screwdriver or a drill bit and fashioned it into whatever he needed to do with it. He didn't have hardly any tools to work with. And what he did have was junk. Why didn't he want to go to the store and buy him a whole new set of tools? And a big toolbox to put it in and have everything he needed to do anything he wanted. He was old. That's why. He done got over it. He done figured out that it was wasting his money. It's like I've told y'all. They got junk and you got money. 
And they want you to come to their store and you give them your money and they'll give you their junk. <laughs> then you go home with junk and they ain't got no money. They got your money. It's just like gambling, really. I mean, they end up with your money. And you end up with a piece of junk. <laughs> That's the way it looks when you're old. When you begin to understand things. When you're young, it ain't that way. Whew. I used to spend so much time polishing my car, washing my car, waxing. You know, my friend Roger waxed his car until he wore the paint <laughs> off of it. Literally. Didn't he, Dad? you remember that? I mean, Roger's car. The hood the, showed the paint. He wore the paint off of it. <laughs> Had to wash it every week. Or more than once a week. It had to be spotless inside and out. It had to shine. I mean, you couldn't go down a gravel road or nothing. And if you did, you had to get somewhere right now and wash it off. wonder what ever happened to my car. Well, it's probably, they probably made soda cans out of it somewhere. Junk gone long time ago, recycled, perished since the day I saw it on the lot down there, brand new. And then spent all that money making payments and buying tires and gas and insurance and washing it and waxing it. And do you know how much our car gets washed? You know how much it'd get washed if I had to do it? I'm of the mind like the old farmer said, the dirt preserves the paint. Just leave it on there and you get rid of it, but they can knock that mud off and there's your new paint. Still on. <laughs> Keep rubbing on it all the time. You ain't going to have no paint left on it. <laughs> Y'all think I'm crazy? No. It's just that they have no, you have no pleasure in them anymore. The things that have always brought you pleasure in your youth do not bring you pleasure when you get old. And it's such a sad thing to me to see old people trying to recapture their youth or trying to pretend that they're young and trying to do all those things when they just, they don't, it's not pleasure for them anymore. And they can't do it anymore. And yet they think that's all that life consists of. You know why? Because they didn't remember their Creator when they were young. And when they got old, they didn't have no God. They didn't have nowhere to turn. They didn't have nothing else that they knew of that mattered in life. Life was about pleasure. Life was about fun. Life was about doing things and getting things. And then when you get old, and you can't do that anymore. Life has no meaning. Right. It's not that way if you remember your Creator when you're young. When you get old, there's life gets richer. Much more pleasurable. Yes. Uh, all right. Until the evil days come, we do find pleasure in the things of this world around us. And this is the fact that makes life so dangerous for us. 
The evil days do come, though, when we will say, I have no pleasure in them. If we live to old age, we'll come to a place when the things of the world do not appeal to us anymore. Well, I've already told you a whole bunch about that. We'll reach a point where nothing brings us pleasure. We just live from one day to the next and we have no desire or ambition to have or to do anything. You say, that's terrible. That's defeatism. No, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Don't y'all understand? Get me here. I'm saying the Bible says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Make God, let God have the, your life. Live for God. Find your pleasure, find your hope, find your wisdom, find your strength, your reason for being in God while you're young. When you get old, man, you get to harvest a rich crop. Yes, sir. You don't end up empty-handed and with nothing. These evil days take away from people that don't know God in their youth. When, when you're old and feeble and weak in your mind and body and you're unable to find pleasure in the things of earth and there's nothing else left for you, it is a bad situation. Bad situation. We can see this in older people that you... You know, you can't find a way to please them because they have no pleasure in anything anymore. I mean, I'll admit to you, <clears throat> it's not been too many years ago. Her mother, that's the way she got. You couldn't please her. I mean, there was nothing. You couldn't, you wanted her to enjoy life and do things. She didn't want to no more. She didn't want to go nowhere. She didn't want to go out and eat. She would do it once in a while just to please us. But she didn't want to. She didn't want to go buy anything. She didn't want to go somewhere and see something. And we'd just say, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Just turn and dry up? Well, some people do. That's what they do. They sit and feel sorry for themselves and dry up. Yes. But that's not what I'm talking about here. And I don't believe that's what the Lord is saying this for to you for here in this chapter here tonight. No. He's trying to get you to have God in your youth so and all of your life so that you, when you do get old and these evil days do come, you'll have something to rejoice in. Yes. Man, I don't know how to get it across to you. But I've said to you in, uh, here not a couple of three weeks ago, the Word of God is richer to me right now than ever in my life. I've never had it this way. And I'm not making something up, and I'm not just saying it. It's just like my cup runneth over. It really is. I'm not bored. I'm not destitute of joy and happiness and hope. It's just that I don't even l begin to look for it in this world anymore. Nothing in this world. Things 
pleasures, places, nothing in the world makes my heart and my soul dance but the Lord and His Word. You want to you wanna get there. That's where I'm trying to point you to. Don't fool around and let the devil wallow you around while you're young and be all entangled with this world and its pleasures and, and lose your kids and mess up your life and then get old and bitter and empty. Seek after God. Search for God. Search after Him with all your heart. You'll find Him, He said. When you search for Him with all your heart. He's not hiding. He's just wanting us to search for Him. (laughs) It ain't been easy to come to this point. Life's been full of hard things. (laughs) Some very hard things. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I've kept a journal for 30-some years. And if you read through my journal, you'd be very discouraged probably because there was a lot of times it was just so hard. There's didn't know what was ever going to happen. But I always hoped in the Lord. I always trusted in the Lord. I always did the best I could to be where and doing what I Believed the Lord wanted me to do. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the reward, regardless of what it looked like, what other people said about it, I never let none of that affect my decisions about where I lived, what I did, how I preached, what I believed. And there's a reward at the end of it. There's a reward. If you remember remember thy creator, remember God. Remember God. When you're young, when you're old, there is a payday. There's a payday. The one exception that comes to mind is children. Old people do take pleasure in children. What would make them happy at the nursing home more than anything? You know old people, most of them. Now there's some of them that are what I'm talking about, empty and bitter, and they don't want children around. They'll love a dog, but they don't want no children around. But that's not the case in most of them. You take little children around old people, and it just brings the life back into them. Isn't that something? That that is an exception. They do take pleasure in children. You want me to tell you why? You know, the kids have thought that, you know, it's so funny that we're like, we are over the grandchildren. Well, (laughs) I don't know how you can be any other way. Here's, Here's what you see when you get to that point in life. You see a little life in the beginning. And you've already seen the whole cycle. And so you know what's ahead. And you wanted that for your children, but you were busy working, busy having pleasure, busy going places and getting things and buying things and meeting new people. You were busy with all of that, and so you didn't really 
pay that close attention to your kids. When the grandchildren come along, it's just more time. You understand. Yes, sir. You understand about that little soul and where it's going and what the dangers that lie ahead of it. And you know what they need to hear, not to hear, see, not to see. And it, and that's why you cling to them, and that's why you love them so much. My grandparents did it with me. Had somebody with us one time, and they thought that he thought he would really get it over on me. You know, he asked my grandma and grandpa with me sitting there, what kind of kid I was when I was little, because he thought they'd tell him some dirt or something. Grandma said, oh, he was just an angel. And Grandpa said, he was a good boy. He never did anything wrong that I ever knew. Now, that's my grandparents' opinion of me. Now, there's other people that would tell you a different story, but that's my grandma and grandpa. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just the way it is. They take pleasure in children, especially their children, see. And <laughs> but those things that we desired and sought after in our youth are things that hold no interest anymore. I like traveling. Uh, you know, I did and I didn't. But I never backed up at it, you know. We'd load up everything just in a day's time. I mean, we're going so-and-so. I mean, pack everything. A few hours and we're ready to go and be gone six weeks. Yeah. And I never thought nothing about it when I pulled the door shut and got in the car to leave. Here we go. Have to <laughs> no, but I had to drive. <laughs> we would do things like that. I left for... Houston, Texas, pulling a camper with her and three kids, and I had $35. Not even have no credit cards. I mean, would I do that now? Nope, 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 nope. But I was young. Nothing could happen. The Lord would take care of us. Well, he did. <laughs> but our parents would stand there and go, <laughs> well, they didn't even know I just had $35. You'd add more if We took off to places like Mexico. Just, you know, I drove into that place pulling that trailer with all foot filled to the ceiling with everything we could get in there mattresses and clothes and everything. I don't know if you remember or not, but we got into Monterey and I got lost. Took a wrong turn. Ended up down there in some colony. A bunch of, you, you, I don't know if you remember it or not, said you used very little, but. Whew, in way over my head. But I was young. I could take it. Yes. Whatever went wrong, we'd fix it. If we got lost, we'd find our way out. If it broke, we'd just fix it. 
That's the attitude when you're young. Self-confidence. It's very dangerous. Gets you in trouble. Don't prepare you real well for old age when you become dependent again. See? At the beginning of life, you're dependent. At the end of life, you're dependent. Once a man, twice a child. You ever hear that saying? Possessions and food and adventures and vacations and romance, all that's thing of the past. We've, we've lived through our life and not remembered our Creator. These evil days, if we do that, they'll be miserable for us. We found, if we've found the joy and fulfillment of our lives in God and the things of God, these evil days when earthly things lose their appeal will be days of sweetness to our soul because we'll still be finding our joy and pleasure in God. I was as sincere as I could possibly be. I really believed that about God in my relationship with God when I was young. I, I was. But what it was then and what it is now is as far as the East is from the West. It's indescribably different infinitely different, better, deeper, wider, real, much more than then. I did a lot of foolish things and made a lot of foolish choices, I'm sure, that I did. I recognize that now. But God's merciful. And, and God looks at your heart. And I'm thankful for that because I believe that's why I'm here right now. I believe God saw my sincerity before Him and honesty before Him. I mean, I really believe that. I wouldn't dare say that if I didn't believe that was true. And in spite of all of the blunders and mistakes and lack of wisdom and foolishness and and misplaced trust and everything else God has led me all the way down this road see and that's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight White you're 18 17 you're going to be 18 right away White's going to be 18 years old right away you're at the other end of the road from where I'm at see that's why I'm telling you hey you back there at the end of the line where you're just starting. Here's, a, here's some words from up here. If you want to get up here safely, listen to me. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. The evil days that come in old age don't take away our appetite for God. Or the satisfaction that we get from God and his word. But it increases it. Most people are concentrated. Uh, they're concerned about laying up in store for their old age as far as money and provision for earthly cares. But, but above all of that, we should be more concerned about laying up for our souls so, an intimate and loving knowledge of God and, a, and walking with Him.
You learn to walk with God while you're young. David did. Moses did. Every person in the Bible that amounted to anything that God ever used, they did it in their youth. So, do you get it? I hope you get it. So I don't understand a lot of your, what you're saying. I know you don't. You children don't understand. I'm talking a foreign language to you. It's so far out of reach. I, I know because it hadn't been that long ago till I thought the same thing. Even to go back, uh, you know, 15 years. Let me see here. When her dad died, you know, if, if I could just have known then what I know now. But I didn't. I didn't. Now, I knew some things, but I didn't know what I know now. I didn't see things as clearly as I do now. Remember what I said to you the other day about seeing in black and white and then seeing in color? Just, that's how it is. How else can I explain it better than that? That's what you want to shoot for. Remember, you're going to be old one of these days. And it's going to be sooner than you think. Believe me. Why it's 18? Y'all are 40, 45. It's going to be sooner for y'all than it is for him. By, you know, it's, it's tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be tomorrow. And you're not, it's going to come up on you without you even hardly know what happened. I was always the young guy. Until I was about 27 years old and could grow a little bit of sideburns and stuff. Everybody thought I was 17 years old. I had people say, how old are you, about 17? You know, them is fighting words. What do you mean? But then by the time I was 42, they were offering me senior discounts in the restaurants without me asking. Something happened. <laughs> I don't ever get carded for anything. No. You know. No. They card you for spray paint now and everything, you know. I mean, whatever. All kinds of things. You got to get carded. They don't bother with me. It's pretty obvious. It's hard to get used to. Because I've always felt like the younger guy. And now it's it's got turned around on me. And I see a lot of people that are old and they're younger than me. And I still act like I'm the younger guy. You know, and I mean, that's the way I feel when I'm dealing with them. I don't feel sorry for this old guy. Well, I'm older than him. It's hard to get used to people looking at you and and you realize that they're looking at me like that until I walk in front of the mirror. And then I say, that's what they're saying. It's getting close, Mike. I mean, it ain't far off. <laughs> Yeah. Remember your Creator. You young people. 
Better learn to pray. Better learn to walk with God. Now. That's what it says now. Not something you're going to do someday. When you get a little older. You got some things you want to do first. No, you better not do that. Better do it now. Now. Amen. That's all I'm going to say. Father, thank you. Thank you for the Word of God. Things I want to get across, I just seems impossible to put them into words. I pray that you would help us hear the Spirit of God and people would understand. These young people would understand. I don't want them to think it's just the rantings of an old man or just somebody that's uh, you know, caught up in being old. This is the Word of God. It's the warning to them. It's the admonition to them. It's the divine command for life and to end it all well. They'd remember you in the days of the youth. Help them. Help each one of these here. These young people. These middle-aged people. These young children. Help them, Lord, to realize the reality of of the fact that there's a God in heaven and they must know you if they're going to live this life and come out on the other end with anything but empty hands and an empty soul. Please go with us this week. Help us now. Help everybody get home safely tonight. Guide and direct us through the week. I pray you watch over Matthew traveling. You'd help us in all these other things that we're facing this week. I pray you'd work on our behalf. We love you. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and love to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm glad I got young people to preach to. A lot of churches is nothing but old people. That message wouldn't do them any good, would it? Yep. Glad about that. All right. Anybody got a word before we go? I'm going to turn it off.